welcome to Live Fix Radio. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And uh, this, this episode is uh, a continuation of some stories. You know, we love to tell stories here on Live Fix. And this one that we're going to share with you guys today is uh, nothing short of amazing. And uh, Colleen is pretty much... Well, when he's talking about stories, he's not, he's not talking about like storytelling, like making up stories. No, we're, we're sharing. Let's be clear with people. Sh- story sharing. sharing. Yes. Yeah, well, we're telling a story. It happened. This is what really happened. And a large part of what, you know, what you did. You did something at, at a concert. Well, and I, I and it know, inspired did what somebody. anyone in that situation would have done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Colleen's, well, you're being, you're being uh, you know, a little shy and uh, un, uh, uncharacteristically uh, humble um, in the situation. But... Uh, what we're trying to, what I'm trying to say is that the picture you took of Bonnevere, or uh, during the Bonnevere show of Justin Vernon's uh, back of his neck on the tattoo uh, of his neck that said uh, that was then, uh, has inspired uh, Isabel, uh, another concert fan, to get that same tattoo. So we're going to tell you guys that story today and kind of how that came about. But um, you know, over the last uh, two or three years, uh, we've had a um, Quite a popular uh, image, and uh, which is the image that Colleen took uh, of um, Justin Vernon's. Well, neck. actually, let's—I'll tell the story a little bit. So, kind of the well, yeah, and, I, and I do say that a little bit at the, in the interview. I talk a little bit about, yeah, you know, what I was thinking when I when I took that photo. But the reality was, is you know, anyone in that situation, any photographer who had the ability to take a picture, I think would have taken a picture of that. Yeah, it's a pretty cool sight. I mean. Tattoos who, are very but, interesting. But who knew you were going to inspire somebody to, to, to get something permanent on their body? I mean, that's, you know, and they happen at a show. It's, it's amazing. Okay. I, to, I told maybe, you, I, I told you what you're saying. It's just amazing. Bit. It's maybe amazing to me. I inspired it a little bit. Um, but, you know, ultimately the artist, I think in the music, inspires people. Oh, sure. It's a combination of stuff, right? But you took the picture. Had you not taken the picture, who knows what would have happened, but... We're here today because uh, we have an amazing story to share. Uh, Isabel um, got inspired by Colleen's photo, and uh, one of the things we're also doing at Live Fix um, with that with that same tattoo. So, again, your your photo inspired me to uh, start an experiment on Live Fix, kind of another exploration of the of the little things. So, basically, the concept that we go to shows and there's all these micro things going on. There's tattoos on artists' neck. There's Things sitting on their amplifiers. There's designs on their on the frets of There's the There's fans of, of, of that the are guitars, dancing with know? with certain buttons on. Yeah, or, like li- like little things. Sure. You know, we we take in the big grandeur of the concert, live concert experience, but without the little things, the little pieces of you know of the big puzzle fit together. That's what really makes up the scene. So, um, so I wrote about. Bonnevere and the power of the little things and his tattoo and it inspired a lot of you know it's one of our most popular comments in the history of of, uh, of live fix and uh, sure enough it has led to a fantastic interview which we're going to get to um, right after we get through the news so uh, so why don't we jump right into it so we got uh, we got a lot of news going on yeah some action happened month, in our hometown I mean, here uh, about yeah, uh, just about maybe just right up the road here from where we're two miles from yeah, us from maybe where not we even yeah. Um, well, there was a, there's a high school, a local high school in our area, Barrington High School, and um, Rihanna was supposed to perform there yep. or talk there, and she um, she ditched them 
Yeah, I mean, she actually. Well, no, no, I shouldn't say did. She she was very very. There late. was a contest that Barrington High School students won, mm-hmm. and I'm missing the name of the contest, but she sponsored that. It was right. you know it was a, a thing that she was putting on, and and she sponsored it, and she said whoever wins, she will come and perform there, mm-hmm. and do a short concert. And it was shine like a diamond contest. Yes, thank you. Very so. Good. Um, but yeah, she, I mean, and I, you know, I was kind of one of the suckers who decided to watch it streaming. Yeah. You were trying to watch this thing on uh, live stream. I was, so I, you, I got, you um, to see it unfold. I actually got a tweet, um, and, uh, it had said and talked about how you can watch Rihanna streaming from Barrington um, <laughs> high school right now. And it was about around two o'clock. So how long did you wait on the stream? Um, I waited, well, okay. When I say waited, I had it on. My computer and and you know where I was sitting, doing things. So right. I wasn't like sitting there staring. It wasn't like you were computer. in the Barrington High School gymnasium for no. four hours waiting for Rihanna to come from no, downtown which Chicago. Which a lot of teachers and a lot of students suburbs. were waiting. Right. Um, and and Rihanna um, actually would not allow media to cover this event. Yeah, there was a media ban. Uh, there was an actual media ban. Um, the school, Barrington High School, and Barrington Town. Um, were okay if media wanted to come in and cover it. Normal, normally, they would allow media there, but the school was okay. But Rihanna it. wanted to ban it. Yeah, she banned it. So interesting. Um, but it was good. It, you know, there was a there was an actual DJ that Rihanna sent ahead of time, um, who was doing some stuff for the kids, music, playing music, and then there was someone, um, a student, broadcasting on the live feed what was going on, <laughs> like when she she was going to show up, why she was running late, and things like that, and um, yeah. So that kind of kept you know me occupied, but uh, but it was pretty. I actually didn't even get to see it stream because um, I had pri- a prior commitment. But um, it was about I watched for about three hours. So um, yeah, I wonder it was, what it was like. We haven't had a chance. This just happened uh, over the last couple of days, and you know we were looking at four hours late. Uh, she was four hours late, four right? Hours. And she. She uh, tweeted out, she says, oh, Chicago traffic is really bad, and she, she blamed being late on Chicago traffic, and hey, I can understand that, trying to, you know, to get to the Kennedy and, you know, out to, you know, from where she was, you know, yes, there is traffic but, in Chicago, but I've never, it's never taken me four hours to get yeah, from where she know, was at. she's got to a history to, of this. She, she does. She's got a history, a long history of, um, you Most, know, being late. Yeah, and we're not even showing up. Well, she promised. So the the, the last part, uh, the the last instance uh, was was in December, where she invited a whole host of uh, journalists and press people, uh, rock uh, critics, to go on a seven city tour with her and have this so you know um, intended uh, unlimited access and special access to sit with her and hang out on a plane. And she never showed. She never showed. Maybe Chris Brown has influenced her in a bad way. I don't get the connection. Chris Brown? I know who Chris Brown okay. is, yeah. So maybe she's because like... Because he beat her? Cause, well, they're, no, no. Because They're back her? together. They're oh, be- back together. So I'm just wondering if oh. maybe, you know, after... Cause he's telling her you tour, don't have to show up to things on time? I don't know. Maybe he's negatively influenced. I'm, I'm just wondering. You're saying he's negatively influencing her punctuality. I'm just throwing out there. Maybe she, maybe making know. her a little, you know, non-responsible, you know. Unresponsible. I mean, not responsible for her actions. That's possible. I don't know. All I know is that there's a pattern for me here. So if you're a Rihanna fan and you're going to the show and you're expecting her to show up on time, um, if you're a Rihanna set fan, those like a Cubs up, fan, move away. Get away from the 
Why are you guys saying something like that? <laughs> Get away from the, the entertainer. Find another entertainer that you enjoy. Find another team that you like to watch. Get away. That's that's just my my uh, advice. Well, we want to actually go and talk to. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some Barrington High School students on the show here and really ask them: Was it worth the wait? You know, because sometimes I mean, Kanye West was late to uh, Bonnaroo for about three hours. They came back, and you know, the fans tend to forget about these things. You know, fans seem to have a very short term memory on these types of things if the show is good enough or if their love for the artist is greater than the disappointment or the dis, you know the um, uh, frustration that they had to wait. So we, we should do another little experiment or some type of psychology uh, exploration there because I think it, um, it tends to uh, you know, be, get kind of interesting where you, where you look at um, how much, like how many times can Rihanna do this to her fans or group of fans before they start to go, you know, I'm not going to go to her shows, you know, because she's late. You know, but because Kanye West seems to get away with these things and he'll go to shows late and, you know, and, and uh, sometimes he'll show up, but fans still go there, you know. So that's an episode for uh, another topic for another episode, right? So we have some more interesting news. Um, Michelle shocked. Yeah. She's yeah, shocking people right now. She, she is. She is. I mean, that goes with her name, you know. I mean, she, she picked that. So, yeah, she uh, made some, uh, some anti-gay uh, comments. Uh, at a, at a show, and um, you know, and it spurred a lot of news. And um, you know, back in 2007, I had a chance to actually interview her for an article that I was writing for PopMatters.com. And hearing this interview or hearing this situation really made me think back to that time because there are some points in the interview that I talked with her that um, you know we talked about uh, her experiencing U2 and the grandeur and things like that, and and hearing her you know, go through this stuff. I mean, this thing like interrupted, you know, it erupted on Twitter as well. It's kind of spilled over and, you know, it's just a, it's just a messy situation, you know, and it's kind of unfolding each time, each time and each know, day really. Right. And there kind of be more fuel to the fire. So it's kind of a developing story. And it story. looks like her publicist has at this point, um, walked away from her or. Yeah. They had a, she had a publicist kind of out for, for two, you know, on two days. And, uh, according to some reports here, you know, she, um, Man, it just uh, keeps kind of getting worse and worse, you know. And uh, and we we hope the best for her because uh, you know you've done some interviews with her and have met you know interacted with her and um, she she sounds like just a great artist. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love her person, music. I mean, she's got artist. some great music, you know. And I think she uh, she definitely has some um, you know something to say. Oh, she always has something to say. It's, you know, it's, but this particular situation is kind of interesting because it kind of, uh, you know, it got the tension and it got one on the Twitter and then, you know, it keeps kind of, you know, adding fuel to it. So we'll keep an eye on it. And, uh, again, if you were a fan at this show in San Francisco, happened at a venue in, in San Francisco, it's amazing. You know, like the local hear your news, story. Chicago local news is right. Talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, um, She's an artist that kind of has, I I think there's a lot of people talking about her music, but I mean, this is really bringing some of her, unfortunately in a negative light, bringing her music and bringing her performances, um, you know, to the the nine o'clock news, which uh, may not be a good thing. Yeah, not in the right, you know, the uh, best light, because she is, she's she's a really talented artist. I I was uh, excited to interview her, so we'll keep an eye on this, hopefully it doesn't get any doesn't get any worse i mean it just kind of keeps 
getting worse. In times like this, sometimes you just have to apologize in, in a public forum and in a, in a, in a, at another concert. In a show. Yeah. You know, I mean, shows sometimes can be the best thing for you, but um, the, and they can be the worst thing for you, depending on what you say. So. Yeah. So on our, our, our next one here, so we're, um, we're a few weeks weeks uh, past South by Southwest, and I came across this really cool story, uh, very interesting, kind of uh, a, uh, a fellow live music fan and um, uh, writer for uh, Stereo Gum. So Stereo Gum, one of their, one of their writers did a uh, $20 in my pocket, a cheap South by Southwest diary. So really, really interesting. Basically what um, this writer was trying to do, uh, Chris DeVille is his name. Uh, he posted Which a, I don't know if this is, I mean, I was there. I've been to South by, you know, we went there yeah. two years ago, and um, I don't know if this is possible. $20, he's proposing $20 a day yeah. um, spent at South by South. You don't think that, you don't think, do you think what he did was, he's accurate I mean, in his, is, uh, he's pretty, you know, pretty diligent in, in his facts here. I mean, basically he says that, you know, and, you know, we went there as press one time, and you still had to pay for the, you know, there's, there's, the, you know, the badge and the, uh, you know, all these different. Um, and he's going as costs. a press agent, like he's going as. Car- he's no, he went. He he, he didn't. No, fan. he went uh, noble traveler, you know, okay. and uh, his goal was to spend less than twenty dollars a day. So uh, very interesting. And uh, looking at his tallies, he was able to do it. Uh, he did go to a couple parties, uh, you know, the famous uh, the uh, Fader uh, Fort party. That everyone always talks about, and uh, but really, really interesting. I think um, you know I'd like to hear what I, what other fans have have done with you know kind of experimenting because I know when you when we go to festivals, you know there's always that thing that you're trying to get as much as you can, as you can out of the situation, you know, and and not spend as much because it's like you know how, how much money do you need to spend in order to have a good time and. You know, he kind of goes through some of these situations where he's actually, you know, he's enjoying himself and he's actually having fun trying to figure out how to not spend money. So it's adding this other element plus, you know, going to the shows and, you know, a lot of what he says is that if you spend money, um, you can actually or you can spend less money by going to cheaper shows where the same artists are, who are playing the shows you have to pay to get into anyways. So he kind of goes into detail with this, but uh, we'd love to have you guys take uh, take a look at this and offer your thoughts on it. Some and people sneak. We want to get Chris in. on the show because I want to have. I want to ask him about this. Some people sneak in water. Some people sneak in food to concerts, and, and they sneak in people too. Um, maybe. Yeah. I don't know about that, but um, I Gate do crashers. know people that you know try to sneak in food, and maybe that's what you know. I, it doesn't look like that's what he did, but. Um, you know, people. You know, people do that kind of stuff. You know, you know. I've, I remember being at a show and someone talking about um, trying to sneak water, a bottle of water, into a show and was caught, and they were told to dump it out. Yeah, Chris went on a. You know, uh, Chris Demille uh, here. He went on a great, uh, great adventure. And uh, again, we want to get him on the show and, and ask him a little bit more about this. Kind of go into uh, some of the details, but uh, which each day at the end he says because uh, he he took all buses. He stayed at a friend uh, just south of the city, and he didn't buy a badge, and he just, you know, kind of tallied his hours, bus-to-bus, events attended, uh, sets witnessed, drinks consumed, food encounters, money spent. So each day he has an account of this, and it's it's really kind of interesting to see uh, 
what he did and how he did it. So um, we'd love to hear your guys' stories too if you've done something like this because I know that uh, we've talked to a couple other fans. That, uh, so maybe we can call this. it the Cheapskate Fans Podcast. Yeah, we could have a whole, whole podcast. Yeah. About how to how to how to do shows cheap. Yeah, of course we got Festival Crashers too. Festivalcrashers.com is one of my favorite sites because they uh, they kind of talk about this stuff about how to get into uh, to shows for free and, and you know crash crash the show. So um, we got two yeah. people we got to so, get yeah. on here. I mean, absolutely. You know? If you if you are someone who knows some cheap ways to get into some good shows, uh, we'd like to hear yeah. all about it. Share the good. Um, in our last um, piece of news. <laughs> is an interesting story that I found um, late, late at night, one night, um, surfing the web. Trolling for good looking stories. looking for some other stuff. Yeah. I kind of fell upon this. There's lots of stuff out there, man. There is. There is. Pink. Yes. She's uh, playing the mommy role, uh, it sounds like, at her concert. Uh-huh. Uh, one of her recent she re- concerts. She recently became a mom. She recently right? became a How mom. How soon? Do we know? You know, I don't have that data no? in front of me. Okay. No, not sure. Um, but fairly new mom, I think. Within a year or two? Within a year or two. Okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. But in Philadelphia, um, there was, and this is all captured on video that we'll put on Yeah, we'll have a link blog, to this. Yeah. But um, she, there were two women fighting, two fans fighting, and there was a younger girl that started crying and was appeared very upset because these two women were fighting. Yeah. And Pink actually stopped her song. Yeah, you can, kind of, you can kind of see her like look out, and she's doing this duet. I don't know if what song she's performing at that moment, but she's doing a duet. She kind of looks down, and she's like stops mid-sentence or mid-thought. And you can see that she sees this kid crying, this little girl crying, and, and stops and goes over and... You know, Asked if she's okay right. and what's going on. And the little girl said, these people are fighting near me. And she said, you know, oh, you know, don't, don't worry. You know, don't be upset. And yeah. um, she offered her a teddy bear and a and Rice Krispie rice, rice treat, treat. Yeah. Uh, to calm her down. So I wonder, so. Where, where did that come from? Did some other fan throw that up on the stage? Because as I'm watching this video unfold, I'm wondering, well, one, like, you know, other artists see all these things kind of unfold, and they just kind of glaze it over and go, "I have a show to do. I see somebody crying or do these things. I'm not going to pay attention. I got a show to do. Got a show to do, you know." And here, Pink, you know, because she's a mom now, she's more aware of these things, and she thinks it's okay to to stop, and she thinks that maybe stopping will actually make people more, you know, make the show more enjoyable, you know, for people. Because I guess if you're coming to a Pink show. Now where she's at in her life, that it's okay for her to talk, for a stop and like show this moment of tenderness, I guess to to the crowd, right? Where if it was like ten years ago or something like that, that yeah, like well, I think just Pink put on the show, put on the show, where people be like, "What are you doing? As a, what are you doing?" You know? I think she definitely is involved as an artist, as a person, you know, um, as a woman, and mm-hmm. um, she's playing a different role, and so I don't know. Does you know that different? Uh, role in her life, uh, being a mom, does that change the way that she performs? Um, I don't know. For some, it, it hasn't changed much. Look at Madonna. She's a mom. I, you know, she continues to uh, hmm. to do interesting things on stage. Uh, you know, dance around very uh, you know inappropriate at times. Wears inappropriate outfits. Yeah. You know, so 
has motherhood but that's what her really fans changed expect, her. Right? But it has mother. I mean, it seems like Pink. I don't know. I didn't see the rest of the show, but it appeared that there, like you said, there was a tender side to her that maybe we wouldn't have seen, you know, five years ago, ten mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. It might, you know, motherhood will change certain parts of an artist, maybe their music or what they're writing about, but will it change the very fabric of their live performance to the point where they'll stop? A sh- they see something going on in the crowd that. They can't help but address that and not move forward with the show. I think it's it's something interesting to think about. And right? has it uh, has it changed the fans that were there that? Sh- yeah. That what day? about the moms in the crowd? Right. There's got to be at least. Well, I'm just wondering. Moms yeah, that absolutely. Go, wow, you know, if Pink does that, you know, like it, it probably had this profound effect on other moms in the audience, right? I mean, what do you think? Sure. Your mom. Well, I think ultimately, you know, um, and there's a lot of people who think this that. You are a mom of your community, you know, and if you are a mom to one, you are the you're a mom to the community, and mm-hmm. so um, your role is to make sure people are safe around you, um, you know, and maybe that was just her instinct coming out, her nurturing instinct, you know, came forward, and mm. you know, I think you see it a lot when, um, you know, people don't have, you know, maybe a mom of someone dies in a community. You see other women step up and try to nurture that that person that lost their mom. I mean, that's sort of the that's sort of the same concept with the pink, I think, um, episode because uh, I don't know that this girl's mom was around. I don't know, but regardless, she felt she had to protect a child hmm. in some way. Um, you know, I mean, I I don't know. Is that the form to do that? You know, has it hurt her image now? Um, because I mean, she kind of has this hardcore image. She kind of has this like, you know, I'm not going to take any crap from anyone image. Um, tough girl image. You know, she has she lost it? Has she lost some of that because of this action at, at the show? Is she maybe her identity um, been tarnished somewhat? Yeah, I mean, at that, that, that moment, because I didn't know where, like, it, it's not really clear where this moment falls in her, you know, in her show. It, it, you know, I don't know if it's but came before when she's performing "Try," or um, you know, had she'd already played, uh, you know, uh, "Blow Me One More Kiss." You know, like those kinds of songs that uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's easy to be tender, I guess, for the, you know, for "Try." You know, but if if and I think that's the name of the song, right? It's called "Try." Um, but. Um, the song like "Blow Me One More Kiss" is kind of not something that you would, you know, lead into that kind of sure. moment. It would be hard to segue into that kind of sure. moment. But but very interesting about the about the mom, but you know, and the community uh, element too. It kind of makes you wonder about like what the, uh, you know. Well, I mean, look, you know, like you how look she back, sees her you know, that whole concert experience. Sure. You know, I mean, you look back cool. at um, you know shows and festivals that. Um, had families there, you know, you look back at the Grateful Dead or you look back at Fish or some of those kind of communal experiences, you know, I, they brought kids oftentimes and, you know, there was sometimes, there often is a sense of, you know, kind of nurturing and caring about each other at some of those festivals, um, you know, to the point where if, you know, they're your kid and I've grown to, travel with you and tour with you then they'll be my kid too and i'll make sure i take care of them and i watch them when Mm. you're not there when you're not available too so you know 
I don't know that we see that as much now, but there was a time where there were people following bands and it was communal experience and it became that they raised each other's kids. Um, so I don't, I know, I don't know if we'll see that again in our lifetime. Maybe it is going on, but, um, it feels like it has, that is going to extinction somewhat. All right. So that wraps up our news section and we're going to go ahead and jump right into our interview with Isabel and, uh, find out, uh, the details on this fantastic story about the uh, Bonavera tattoo. Isabel, thank you very much for, for joining us. We're we're excited. I know our uh, our kind of you know interview and everything exploration into some of your experiences started with a uh, a Bonavera picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the internet, so. Uh, I know Colleen took the picture, so I'm, I'm going to step away from, you know, I'm going to step out for a minute here and just let Colleen roll with this because it was her picture that kind of started the whole, <laughs> whole, uh, whole connection here. So, Well, actually, um, a little background on that. It was um, from Pitchfork a few years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love Bonnever. I mean, I've seen them a few times. And, um, and I got a chance to photograph them, and it was when they were really not big at all. It was their kind of first CD, and they mm-hmm. – um, I don't know. They just there was it was there actually wasn't a lot of people there when I was photographing, and it was a really kind of intimate setting. And um, he had turned around to get his other guitar. He was switching from acoustic to electric, and I snapped that shot. And actually, it gets a lot of um, hits, and a lot of people like it and enjoy it. And I, I love to get those little those little pieces of live shows because I think um, as a whole it makes our experience when you know we see these different things, we see people around us, we see. Um, you know, the, how the weather is, how the, you know, just how the band sounds. I mean, it's all, it kind of makes the experience. So, um, actually I got to background information. I got to, um, talk to Isabel kind of via Flickr about this picture. Yeah. So we have her on and, uh, we're just excited to ask her about her live music experiences. Yeah. So, uh, Isabel, you mentioned, um, you know, you, uh, You'd seen now. Did you have you had? Did you see uh, Bonnevere before you saw the the picture? And um, yes, or yeah, yeah. I actually did. After I saw him, I'd been looking at just because I heard the song Holocene by him, and I really, really love. That's my favorite song. Mm. And the first opening lines of it is "Some way, baby, it's part of me, apart from me." So I was really thinking about getting that tattooed on me at first, mm. but. I thought about it for a couple months and I just didn't really know what was a part of me apart from me yet. So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get something that I don't, I'm not really sure what it means to me yet. So then I was just searching like his tattoos and looking at what he had. And I really liked two. And that was, that was then. And his other one that says, um, I said, remember this as how it should be. And I was going back and forth between those two, and I realized that the that was then one fit more in my life with, like, my family and my past experiences and just, like, listening to him. Like, his music makes me feel calm and relaxed and makes me want to, like, let go and forget, of, forget things that I've just been holding on to. Yeah. So I thought that would be the perfect the perfect tattoo to get. And I put it on my back, not in the exact same spot as his, 
but it's more low underneath like my rib cage. And I don't know. I love it. It's in a, it's in a typewriter font and I've had it since August and I'm just obsessed with it. Everyone comments on it and says they really like it. And I just, I'm so happy that you guys took that picture because I wouldn't have my tattoo right now if you didn't. <laughs> now, when you were getting that tattoo, because we, we've talked about this before, kind of the concept of, uh, you know, when you when you go to a show, you're, you're one person. And when you're at the show, you start this like transformation of like, like how the music is changing you. And then when you leave, like you're a different person because of like what has happened, at, at, you know, at that. Obviously, you, you had a pretty powerful, you know, emotional experience at this, this first show where you experienced that. Um, what was that, was that live show experience uh, a part of the, like when you got the tattoo, like, were you thinking about the show and like, how did, how did the live music experience become a part when they're, when, when you're putting the, you know, the ink on your body and, and kind of like that whole process? It definitely stuck a chord with me being there and just watching him with like 18,000 other people or however many went that year to Coachella, but it was a lot of people and just, you feel like you're one like with everyone around you, it's crazy. And that's like one of the things I love. And just like his music is so calming. And it's not like everyone's jumping around, like pushing each other or anything. It's just everyone feels good. And like, that's what I love about him and his music. And it just made me want to get something like a part of him tattooed on me, I guess. Do you remember anything specifically from your first show with them that you saw Uh, with them? Yeah, um, he was playing, he was actually playing Holocene and I'm really short. So my friend had to put me on his shoulders so I could breathe because we were super <laughs> close to the front. And after he played that song, I was like, okay, like I'll just watch from the back because I'm dying. I don't want to suffocate up here. So I got crowd surfed out and on my way out, no one's like jumping around or anything. So no one would expect someone to be crowd surfing in the middle of Bonnie Bear, except I was. So this lady accidentally scratched me. And as I came out of the, out of the crowd, I noticed my back was bleeding and I have actually a scar on my shoulder from this. <laughs> and it's, he was playing Blood Bank by, or from his self-titled album. And I just was really shocked that I have two two marks from Bonnie Bear on me, one from sure. Blood Bank and one from himself. So nice. I thought that's pretty cool. Two stories about him. Wow, that, that's amazing. I mean, uh, it, and now, have you had any other, you know, experiences, um, you know, I mean, it, it's just amazing to think about, you know, how you, uh, you know, this, this emotional connection that you have to, you know, uh, Bon Iver's music and the live show and these, you know, these like permanent marks on your body, you know, mm-hmm. from like that experience and how it's all connected. Do you have any, any other con- any other concerts that have like moved you in that way? Or, you know, is like Bon Iver this like on such a pedestal, such a like untouchable spot for you? Or, you know, what, what other bands have, you know, have I, uh, moved you in this way? I think that there have definitely been other bands that have moved me like that for one Coldplay, I've seen them like two or three times, and every time I see them, I just feel so good after, and I feel really like happy and optimistic about everything, which I love. I just love going out and seeing people like who care for all their fans so much that they continue to write music and do all this stuff and help people get through things that they're feeling. And 
I just think it's great that they can tour all over the world so that people can see them and experience them live and just feel like that oneness with all the other people around them instead of just being like alone and listening to it and relating with other people around them. I think it's really great. Now, do you, we talked a lot on our show about going to shows with friends or going alone, or we, we talked a lot about that. It, do you usually go with a group of friends? You usually hit shows alone. Um, how does that uh, work for you usually? Usually I go with, my dad actually takes me to a lot of the shows I go to because he has been to everything possible. But now as I'm getting older, I'm starting to go more and more with my friends. And last year when I saw Bonnie Vera at Coachella and um, when I saw him like two days after I saw him at Coachella, like I went with a friend and now, yeah, I think I'm just growing into it like more with my friends, but I don't go with like big groups. I go with just like one or two just so it's more intimate, I think. So, like, you can actually, like, relate instead of having, like, a big group of people and, like, all jumping around, like, messing around, you know. Oh, did, did your dad take you to your first show? Is that, is that how, how? Yes. That, he wow. took me to Radiohead when I was in ninth grade. Wow, that's awesome. It wow. Yeah, it was the best show ever. That's it be was awesome. so great. And ever since that show, like, I've never stopped wanting to go to concerts. That was, like, the first thing. That got me going. And then after that, it was like, it was Coldplay. And then it was Foo Fighters. And then it was this and that and that. And the list just keeps going and going and going. And I haven't been able to stop. I've just, every time I hear of a band coming out with a new album, I immediately check their tour dates, try to see if I could get to one of their shows. So it's really great. Now, how do you feel about... um going to to see shows in smaller venues um, versus, like, the big festivals where you get to see tons and tons of bands? Um, Well, I haven't... I guess the smallest um, place I've been to a show, it's it's not even that small. Like, I mean, it's great to see the band just by themselves because they're, like, more in... I feel like they're more into it and, like they want to try harder because like they know like they're the main reason that they're going to be there. So the performance is better, but it just depends. Like they could also be like really into it if they're playing a big show, like at a big festival with a whole bunch of other bands too. But I think I like the smaller, more intimate ones better because when I saw Bonnie Iver that second night after Coachella, um, I actually cried during one of his songs that he performed like two nights before, but two nights before it, I didn't feel like that. But when I saw him alone, it made me like want to just cry. I don't know. It's but crazy what, how that. Which yeah. song was it? Yeah. What, it was yeah. Wash. But off his new album. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's Wash. So if, I don't know. If, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I know I've been at, I've been at shows where I get kind of, uh, I was Emotional. at a, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it just, you get kind of ambushed, you know, it's like I was talking with somebody else about this recently that, uh, you know, you kind of go to a show sometimes to escape and you almost get ambushed by, uh, you know, a, a part of the music, you know, kind of surprises you and moves you in a way, whether that yeah. be, you know, just utter excitement or, you know, or something, you know, moves you where you, you know, it's more of a, uh, 
a grief or mourning or joy or, or whatever, whether it be, you know, through tears. I'd, I was at a show with uh, Ra Ra Riot one time and, and it was, a, you know, it was a pretty emotional moment in my life. And, and it, I was just like, wow, I didn't really expect that. You know, I was trying to like escape from some things and the music actually turned me towards that. Um, mm-hmm. What was that? If you don't mind me asking, like, what was there something about the show or some period in your, you know, moment in your life that kind of brought that, brought that out? I think that, I was just going, I was so overwhelmed by a lot of school and family and just pressure that when I went and saw him that second time, that the song Wash, like, is like, like, if you watch his online videos that, like, go with it, like, it's him at the beach walking through the ocean, and I was just thinking, like, this is, this, the song felt like it was washing away all that pressure I had on my shoulders and like it was really overwhelming and I just I just I couldn't help myself I just started crying wow that, yeah that, that, that's amazing I, I'm getting <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting emotional hearing you talk about that that's I mean that really is uh I mean yeah I've I, thank you so much for sharing that I mean that's oh yeah really, no problem that's just uh yeah I'm I'm actually kind of speechless because that's that, that's amazing when you when a uh, fellow concert fan can can share that. Uh, I mean, that's that's why one of the reasons I love live music. I don't know about you, Colleen. I think absolutely. We, we've I mean, had some. It's so it's amazing how different listening to it maybe in your room or in your headphones, and, and then actually being at the show. It just yeah. There's so much more that goes on internally, externally that um, you can't recreate. You know, yeah. on your own. Exactly, and it's real too. It's not like it's just. A recorded thing that you're listening to it's actually playing right in front of you which makes it 10 times more intense have Happen- there been any other concert experiences that have kind of blown you away or any experiences that you had with your dad that maybe mm-hmm. bonded you guys in a way that you know you couldn't do um, without the music or without the live music experience Yes, um, when we were at Lollapalooza, two thousand, or I think two years ago, and KG Elephant played. It was Saturday, and this huge storm, huge, ginormous storm, came ripping through. I live in California, so I pretty much thought we were all gonna die <laughs> because it was so big. And they were playing "Shake Me Down" in the rain, and me and my dad were just standing there. And this is like I've actually met the lead singer to um, KG Elephant and the brother, Matt. I think they're Matt and um, I forget the other guy's name, but I met them both. And so me and my dad saw them at or at Lala, and then it starts raining, and they're playing Shake Me Down in the rain, and <laughs> everyone is just going crazy. And me and my dad are both dancing, like going wild, like not even caring that it's pouring rain and thunders roaring everywhere. And it was just, like, really overwhelming. And after, we just, like, gave each other a huge hug. And we're just like, I love you. Like, I was like, thank you. Thank you for letting me experience that. That was one of my favorite concert, like, moments, I think, just because of, like, how perfect it was. Like, even on a cloudy day, look at the sun. Like, don't don't feel bad. Like, even though it's raining, like, just be happy. And, like, me and my dad were both, like, way too happy <laughs> to express like words I can't even explain it but it's crazy what music can do with the right setting you know 
Sure, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's fascinating, too, because uh, another great story. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that that's just the image in my mind here is just like blowing <laughs> me away as I'm kind of watching that unfold as you're telling that. And to kind of put that in context, too, it's like, like our, our, we were at that we were at that Lollapalooza. And oh, sweet. I remember we were Colleen and I were uh, we were we were covering it and we were there. And uh, I remember, you know, getting like running for shelter from, the, <laughs> from this like torrential downpour. And we live in Chicago. We're used to this stuff, but you never quite get used to it. Right. Yeah. So uh, and here you are. You know, we're huddled underneath this, like, <laughs> alcove, r- hiding from the rain, and you're out there listening to the music, like, <laughs> absorbing it, and it's, like, one of your favorite moments, uh, you know, favorite concert moments. That's just, that's just amazing. I mean, it's it, it's funny, you know, to think of Lollapalooza, a lot of times it's, you know, it's, it's such a big, expansive, like, you know, experience, and sometimes you lose the uh the the micro moments you know of 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 joy and uh you know uh just this that what you just experienced but that's just it just you you just put uh my that Lollapalooza experience (laughs) in like a completely different perspective so thank thank you again and that's yeah no problem that's pretty pretty awesome so that's cool you can have uh you can have that those experiences with your dad I think that's something that really can uh you know, again, it just it just takes that to that next that next level. Has there been anything when when you when you and your dad started going to show, or you started taking to shows? Uh, did did he tell you anything about the live concert experience? You know, uh, yeah. Like, he, does he teach you about it, or, or like just like some of the things like what he looks for, and like have you like learned from him in that in that way? Yeah, he's 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 told me all the tricks all the rules like okay if you want to get to the front you have to weasel your way through like just squirm through like just don't even care just get through say i'm short i'm short let me in the front <laughs> like telling me all these little things and like even when the first like the coachella last year was like the first like big music festival I, or like big concert i went to by myself because he didn't go and um he was like don't do like don't take any drugs from anyone don't take any of this don't do any of that don't do any of this and I'm like okay like I got you like I won't do I won't accept anything from anyone and he's like don't like don't be stupid don't um don't like I don't know just like regular things a parent would say but um <laughs> my mom was actually saying like the one who was like don't crowd surf don't let people put pick you up and put you in the air and it was funny because when Justice came out to play, um, my friends and I were standing at the very, very front, and they were 30 minutes late, so everyone was just kind of waiting antsy for them to come on. And an inflatable dolphin was being thrown through the crowd, and one of my friends looked and said, Isabel, if that dolphin comes over here, we're putting you on it. And I'm like, ha-ha, like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, it's not going to come over here. Um, two seconds later, they have the dolphin. And next thing I know, I'm on top of the dolphin, holding onto it like a pool dolphin. <laughs> and everyone in the entire crowd is screaming, yeah, like 80,000 people just wow. screaming, cheering for me. And I guess I was on the live web- webcast. I was on the dolphin probably like a minute. Everyone just cheering. There's <laughs> actually pictures of it on Flickr if you look it up or even if you Google Coachella 2012 Dolphin, uh-huh. I'll pop up right there. 
on Google <laughs> Images. It's crazy. And wow. like every and like I went super far back into the crowd and then I just pointed to the front and everyone was like I was like my friends are at the front my friends are at the front and they all let me go back and I, I was all with my friends so it was crazy and my when I told my parents about that they were just like no like that's not true that's not that no that's unbelievable you didn't do that and right after I I told them I actually just googled it to see if there would be any pictures and it was the first picture on Google Images, and I showed them, and they're like, what? <laughs> they were speechless. They didn't know. Nice. That's awesome. So do you have uh, Coachella's coming up soon and uh, the um, so, you know, summer uh, festival season, too? What, uh, what shows do you, do you have some, uh, some planned, or what's, what's on your concert calendar? Well, I haven't gotten a ticket for Coachella, and I really would like to go but I'm not sure if I'm going to end up getting one just because the tickets are like everyone's selling them super overpriced mm-hmm. and I don't really want to pay like 600 bucks for a ticket, you know? Right. So I might just wait for Lala or like what would be awesome is if I could get at my hands on a Glastonbury ticket in England, mm. I would be so happy if I could do that. I'm probably going to travel abroad this summer. So I know there's a lot of festivals in Europe, like um, there's a couple in Denmark that are supposedly really big, and of course, Glastonbury is like the biggest in the world, so that would be awesome if I could go there. Yeah, we'd love to have, uh, you know, if, if we, we'd love to extend the opportunity to uh, be a correspondent, you know, and yeah, kind of cool. report back. <laughs> uh, we haven't had the pleasure of being to Glastonbury yet, and then from what I've seen and some of the other fans that we've interviewed and, and just looking at uh, you know, the history of, of that festival, I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a rite of passage, I think, uh, from yeah. what most people say, you know, from what, I, from what I've seen from the, the mud and, and just, the, just the experience itself. So hopefully you can, you can get a chance to uh, go out there. But we'd love to have you, you know, if you're out there, you know, traveling abroad and going to festivals and things like that, we'd love to have you, you know, contribute in and kind of uh, check in and let us know awesome well it's uh it's been fantastic having you on the show isabel and i i think again we'll we'd love to definitely have you have you back on but thank you so much for for joining us and talking about coachella and everything else yeah no problem thank you guys all right that was a uh fantastic chat with uh with isabel and uh i think that um there's some really dedicated fans out there there are, there are, and you, you know, and I'm not a photographer. You're the photographer here, and you just have to. I mean, you just have to be thinking now about like the photos that you take at shows and how that impacts somebody's experience. You know, I mean, that's what I kept thinking about, and I just, it's it's well, forever going to change my perspective. I think I have to capture. I'm responsible for capturing a moment, and if that moment means. Um, you know, if it touches someone that much, then then so be it. But I think ultimately my goal is to, to capture a moment or a mood or a feeling at a show. And um, and hopefully that, that's what comes across in my photography. I mean, you take so many, you've taken so many pictures over the years, and this is just one person who's come forward and said, this is what's happened after looking at one of your photos. So who knows what else that uh, has happened. And thank, again, thank you very much to, uh, to Isabel for 
coming on the show and sharing her story. And uh, I think we're going to have to have her dad on the show. That sounds like Absolutely. too, right? He's yeah, got some good to, stories to tell too. I'd so. love to have the, the, her dad there. Yeah, excellent. So uh, about just about wraps up our show. So our next uh, next episode's coming up soon um, over the next uh, next couple of weeks. Got some great shows coming up for you. One we got uh, Nick Collette from uh, co-founder of Listly, a uh, great uh, great tool out there that uh, you can use to uh, collect lists. I know music fans are huge. And uh, have you ever seen uh, High Fidelity, John Cusack? I have. Yes. It's all about lists, right? Yep. All about yep. lists, right? The perfect list. So we're gonna have one of the uh, top list makers on. Uh, and you won't be disappointed. No. Because I've listened, I've heard some of it, and fantastic chat. And you fantastic can't. chat. He's got yeah. some great stories to tell about Annie Lennox, M- M- Melissa Etheridge, and uh, and some bands I never even heard of. But he's got great stories to tell. And then coming soon after that, we got finally got our show coming up with uh, live music fashion. So we've we've talked with um, a couple great uh, uh, perspectives, both on the lady side and the gentleman side of kind of getting the whole perspective of live music fashion and how that's changed culture and vice yeah, so versa. We'll talk about what not to wear at a show. Yeah, yeah, we got a head to toe breakdown of like what you want to wear to a show. So, and then we have a, the alternate perspective of don't tell people what to wear to a show, just go, right? So we're going to get into that in the next uh, next couple of weeks. So you guys are not not going to want to miss any of those shows. But uh, that just about does it for our uh, episode this week. Again, thank you for listening. Go to livefixblog.com. Again, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, keep your uh, eyes out uh, on Twitter for some exciting chats coming out uh, of that. But uh, that just about does it. Till next time. Just, just we'll about does you. it. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we will see you at the show.